Podcast Fresh. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Game Flow Podcast. This is episode number seven. And as always, I am your host, Ryan Mello. Uh, today, we're going to do something a little different. I decided to put away some, uh, put aside some time and talk about uh, a system that is pretty important to me in the grand scheme of things, really, uh, because it officially uh, closed its eShop. And we can no longer purchase games uh, digitally from it. And I'm talking, of course, about the Wii U. The Nintendo Wii U. We're going to talk about my favorite games. What I thought, uh, you know, what I thought were some stinkers. (laughs) Uh, How, you know, what it brought to the table. What made it so uh, unique and different. And, you know, maybe just some closing thoughts on, uh, you know, just what I think about it as a whole. I think it's going to be a really cool little episode we're going to do here today. But before we begin... Guys, make sure you follow our Instagram at Podcast Fresh, our Twitter at Podcast Fresh TO, uh, email us at podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. And yeah, guys, let's talk about one of my favorite systems, the Wii U. All right, so the Nintendo Wii U. A name that when it was first introduced, everyone was kind of confused, <laughs> myself included. Uh, you know, everyone thought this was just like an upgraded Wii or like an add-on, really, for the Wii. The naming was very off, um, and the marketing did not help it at all, not one bit. The whole, uh, you know, the things that you could do with the gamepad, uh, and people were confused as as to if that was the system, like what was the other box that that was kind of sitting in the corner. Like it was very shoddy marketing and uh, definitely like the naming conventions and stuff that just did not help. I understand they wanted to capitalize on the Wii name, but calling it the Wii U just made things so confusing. They were better off calling it the Wii 2, honestly. Um, but anyway, let's talk about the Wii U. First released November 18th in 2012. That's here in North America. I am a Canadian citizen, so that is when it came out here. And, uh, you know, its lifespan went on until March 3rd, 2017, which is pretty, it's a pretty small, it's a pretty uh, short lifespan when you think about it compared to other consoles. But March 3rd is when the Nintendo Switch made its way onto the scene, thus sending the Wii U to the Dark Realm. And, you know, obviously Nintendo really turned around as a company when the Switch came out, and they're still riding that wave of success to this very day, five years later. Um, it's it's crazy to think about how they went from, you know, when the Wii U was their system that was currently out, they went from being uh, a company that was being talked about as a, a company that should quit the hardware side and just develop the software, put their games on other systems. That was literally something that was being talked about, which I think is ridiculous because Nintendo has... A lot of fucking money. <laughs> uh, they can easily, they can afford a blunder like the Wii U and bounce back. And they they showed us, man. They they, they bounce back hard with the Switch. 
Um, the lifetime sales of the Wii U, it sold 13.5 million units, which is considered very low, especially for a Nintendo system. Especially when you compare it to like the PS4, which is over 100 million now, which I consider the same gen as the Wii U. Um, it sold horribly. It sold very bad. Again, I blame marketing. I blame the naming conventions. I named the fact that it had no third-party support, next to no third-party support. Uh, EA being the one that came out and said, oh, we're not going to support it anymore, and then other companies kind of followed suit. Uh, it really uh, it didn't help the Wii U at all. If anything, that was like the beginning of its downfall, straight up. Uh, I, I can argue that the downfall, again, was in the name, was in the marketing, but really, technically, that could have been it right there when EA announced that it was out. Peace and out. Uh... But yeah, 13.5 million units. I mean, still a crazy number. Something like the Intellivision Amico <laughs> would dream of numbers like that. Um, but no. Uh, yeah, it is a failure compared to other uh, compared to other systems, for sure. Um, its best-selling game was Mario Kart 8 with 8.4 million units. Let's think about that right now. Mario Kart 8 is a game that was born on the Wii U but ported over to the Nintendo Switch. Which, uh, let's think about this. It's now the, the number one best-selling game of all time on the Nintendo Switch with over 50 million copies sold. That is disgusting. How did it go from 8 million to 50 in one generation? That is insane. Again, just the Switch was... It still is the IT system. It's the system everybody wants. It's the system that all games uh just feel at home on that damn system for the most part um that's why nintendo ports over the wii u games that's why they're trying to reinvigorate those games try to give them a second chance on a system that is popping rather than it letting them die on a system that died fairly quickly um it's just insane to me that even back then mario kart 8 was still the best-selling game on uh the wii u and it, again it's the best-selling game currently that's that's just crazy uh, the Wii U also had things like uh, the Wii U Chat. It also had Miiverse, uh, which I thought at the time was an interesting idea. I remember, uh, you know, when you start the Wii U, you get that that uh, that home screen of all the Mies walking, and like you you see piles of Mies uh, uh, circling around each icon of whatever game was popular. And my favorite uh, interaction with the Mii stuff was actually when you played Zelda Wind Waker, <laughs> when you found the bottle in C and you would like open it it would be a drawing that some other player drew and just casted it out to sea. that's so cool man uh, I thought that was a really nifty thing at the time I was also very young so I was easy to please god damn it um, but no it was a really cool idea and I'd say some of it should have carried over I think the switch kind of lacks that in a way um, I mean now it's like the switch has that phone app and that's how you talk to people which is just downright horrible Honestly, they could have capitalized on the Miiverse stuff and just actually integrated a voice chat system. Like, I think that would have been the way to go, but whatever, Nintendo decided not to do that. And it's fine. I feel like they'll learn from, you know, the Switch's mistakes just like they learned from the Wii U's mistakes. And uh, I'm sure one day they'll get it right with the online stuff. I, I don't expect much from Nintendo when it comes to online in general. They just seem to be so behind the, the, uh, the times with that one that uh, it's hard to expect anything at this point, as sad as it is to say. But uh, yeah, no, let's talk about um, how I first experienced the console, what was happening with me at the time. Uh, so I had just graduated high school 
and I didn't really know what to do with my life. I didn't know if I wanted to continue school. I didn't know if I wanted to just kind of try to get a good job or whatever. Like I, I ended up just uh, taking a year off to myself, and I started working at the local grocery store just to get some income, and um, you know, figure my stuff out, f- figure out what I wanted to do, and. I remember my first couple paychecks, I put them aside because I, at that point, had fallen out of gaming around 2000 and I want to say 2010 was probably when I stopped playing, maybe 2009, um, because I was just kind of into sports and I, I used to skateboard a lot. I was very close to, to getting sponsored and stuff. Like I was really, I was taking all that very serious and um I don't know, once things kind of calmed down and I just had more, you know, free time, I decided to game again. So I looked at, you know, what was out and I had a Wii, but I didn't play too much things on the Wii, except like, I think I played Mario Galaxy 2 and a couple others, but I fell out at that point. And so when I wanted to come back, uh, I'd say this was early 2013, I'd say. The Wii U was a couple months old and I decided to finally... Uh, you know, t- I took the, the paychecks I put aside and I just bought a Wii U. I went to the store, didn't know what I was getting into. I liked the black one more than the white one. Turns out the black one had more gigs. And uh, yeah, I bought the black one. And I believe the first game, uh, the game that I bought with it was New Super Mario Brothers U. I believe that was the one I got. And I played it and I was at, like, around this time, I think the new Super Mario Brothers games were getting, like, people were getting, like, very tired of them because the new one was coming out every year, it seemed. Like, you had the DS one, you had another one on the on the, the Wii, and then the 3DS, and then now this was either the fourth or the fifth, I don't even know. And because I didn't really play any of the others except for the one on DS, uh... I thought it was awesome because I wasn't, I didn't have the fatigue. <laughs> to me, it was still a fresh experience. And I, I was really, I was really happy with it. I remember my girlfriend at the time, which is, who is now my wife, uh, she would come over and we'd beat the game together. And uh, yeah, man, it, it was really good memories there. And I think that that game was so like slept on at the time, to be honest, like not a lot of people were talking about it because to me, it's like old school Mario games are like gold tier to me. It's top tier stuff. That's what I grew up on. That's like, that's just childhood nostalgic memories to the max with me. But I know that they're good games. Mario three is one of my favorite of all time. Mario world was phenomenal. Uh, even, even, you know, the original, you have to give props to the original two, two was weird, but it was good as well. Like those games are amazing so the fact that they went back to that formula like i was really happy it was something that i wasn't expecting because i thought we were getting 3d mario games for the rest of my life and i would have never seen another 2d mario game but you know they delivered with this one and a couple others and i thought it was just a really great game at the time and i still do i think it's, it's fantastic um so i was really surprised that it was getting like negative uh just negative reactions all across the board when i was like very happy with it you know uh, but I think that was the first game that I bought. And eventually, like, I, I, I credit the Wii U for one thing that has carried me, uh, carried on with me up until this point. I think when I bought a Wii U, that was when I started to collect video games. Because the minute I bought a Wii U and I started buying games for the Wii U, as scarce as that was, as much of a gap between games as that was for me to, like, play something and wait around and buy something else that's that clicked a switch in my head and that's when i started buying old video games that's when i was like you know what let's see what else is there because i I have the wii u it's cool it's current 
but let me see what I missed. So I would go to the Wii era and I would buy Wii games and play Wii games on my Wii U, by the way, because it was backwards compatible. And then I would go back and buy some GameCube games. And then I'd go back all the way to like, you know, NES, SNES, uh, PS1 games. Like I was, I, I got the bug at that point and it was the Wii U of all things that gave that to me for whatever reason. I, I can't even explain why it just, that's just kind of like what happened. I, I guess cause I had so much free time. I had some income. I didn't have really any bills. It was like, all right, let's, let's buy video games. F it, you know? And I had a great time doing that. And now I have a pretty sizable, you know, collection that I'm in love with. And I continue to, to buy, you know, retro games and new games to this day. Uh, whenever I can and it's a hobby that I don't think I'll ever let go because I, I love it so much and I have the Wii U to thank for that of all things so very interesting <laughs> very very interesting the Wii U though did have some stinkers let's get the stinkers out of the way because I feel like the stinkers are it's negativity and the, the Wii U is full of negativity but let's get it out of the way so we can talk about the good stuff after I think the most disappointing games personally for me that I played there's a few that stick out Mario Party 10 was an abomination. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I haven't played Mario Party since Mario Party 5 at that point. I 5 was the last one I bought on the GameCube. After that, I kind of just said, uh, they're, they're always the same thing every year or whatever. So I, I stopped buying them. Um, but of course, you go back into something like gaming. You want to see where all your your favorite series as a kid, uh, where, where they were at, you know, the last entry I played was five. The newest one is 10. Let's see what it is. That gimmick with the car is very, very stupid. And it destroys the whole point of what Mario party tries to do with its board game, uh, mechanics and competition, the competition within, you know, other players. It's, it's very weird. It was a very weird choice. Mario Party 9 introduced it and Mario Party 10 carried on with it. I don't know how the hell it survived. It, it made Mario Party 10 because Mario Party 9 got absolutely shitted on because of that car mechanic. So I don't know. It was a bold choice to do that. Uh, I remember them pushing Mario Party 10. The selling point was that you could like control Bowser with the Wii, the, the Wii U gamepad. And you know, there was exclusive mini games with those controls and that's fine. Like that's how they marketed most of the Wii U stuff anyway. It's just that, you know, a simple thing like taking the car out would have propelled that game to extremely new heights. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, another one that I thought is, is very bad, a horrible ass game is Mario Tennis Ultra Smash. You want to talk about bland and vanilla? That is it. That is the definition of that. It was just a tennis game. It was just a tennis game. It could have been actual tennis. And it would have been more um, understandable to be the way it is rather than give it Mario characters. The only power-ups that in, were in that game was the Mega Mushroom. And that's how they advertised it was, oh, look how big the characters get. But it's like, okay, fine, but... Where's, you know, all the stuff from uh, the GameCube Mario Tennis uh, Power Tour? All those characters had special moves, like Mario had a big-ass hammer. I think Wario had, like, a spring racket or something that would get the, the ball when it got too far. Luigi would have, like, elements of the Luigi's Mansion games. Like, that, that Mario Tennis on the, on the GameCube was so damn good. The courses were so damn good. And then we get to Ultra Smash, and Ultra Smash just had clay court, hard court, grass court. Um... Uh, Mario characters and Mega Mushrooms. That was literally it. There were no specific modes, nothing like that. It was just so damn bland. And I'll give it credit for the graphics. The graphics looked really pretty, but that's pretty much all you can say about it in a positive way. That that game was 
god-awful. Mario Tennis Aces might not be fantastic either, but it is leagues better than Ultra Smash. And then another one that uh, was pretty disappointing to me just because I was a fan of the uh, N64 game, Star Fox Zero. Star Fox Zero was supposed to be this big return to form, <laughs> but uh, I don't know what happened, man. Somewhere along the lines, that controller scheme was just not it. It was very jarring having to, to be in the co in the cockpit of the plane in the Wii U, like in your hands with the Wii U gamepad. And then you look up at the TV to see what's going on around you, and you had to keep doing that, and it just caused confusion. I got a headache. Like honestly, no, I didn't get a headache. I hate when people say that. It wasn't that bad. It just wasn't great. It wasn't good, honestly. It could have. I, I think if that game had a better control scheme, and like literally just a better control scheme just make it where i either look at the wii u gamepad or look at the tv preferably the tv i think that game would have had uh you know a different tune being sung to it but no it got negative reviews it got negative uh reactions some people liked it but most people didn't i liked it for what it was but at the end of the day i much rather would have just played more uh star fox 64 on like the 3d the 3ds the 3ds came out with the star fox 64 remaster and it was beautiful and that was exactly what i wanted but star fox zero was not it um i feel bad for that game though part of me really wished that game succeeded and i kind of wanted to get ported to the switch just because i feel like they could probably breathe new life into that but at this point maybe just bring a star fox game like a new star fox game let's leave zero alone and then the biggest chip fest for sure was uh, the Animal Crossing game on the system. This was this was horrendous. Now, granted, I am, I'm a recent Animal Crossing fan. New Horizons put me onto the series. I never once played any other of them until I played New Horizons. But it doesn't take a fan to know that Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival is the worst Animal Crossing game in the series that game just mario partied it up it was a board game and you used actual amiibos in it. it they integrated it i don't know how i never played it i've just seen screens of it i've seen videos of it everyone says it sucks so i believe that in, in this case it does suck because i when i think animal crossing i don't think of a board game i think of being on a land where i can make it my own that is the appeal of it to me bringing it into the you know, board game genre is just not it. Do not do that, please, for the love of God. Let's talk about uh, Amiibos. Speaking of Amiibos, Nintendo at this point to, uh, I guess, try to get some sales, <laughs> they uh, they introduced Amiibos. These little three-inch figurines from Nintendo um, that they started launching along with Super Smash Brothers for Wii U and 3DS. Uh, the whole gimmick of these were they had, uh, you could scan them on your Wii U gamepad and they would appear in the game. So if you had a Mario amiibo, you scanned it, and he would appear in Super Smash Brothers, and you could train that amiibo to be a like a really good fighter or whatever. And it was a good way to get good at the game. I'll give you that. Like I think that getting good at the game, if you really practiced with your amiibos, I think you could have been a pretty solid player by the end of it. But personally speaking, I don't think Nintendo ever did enough with amiibos. I feel like. You know, Amiibos would unlock, like, some costumes in Mario Kart or, like, some skins in Mario Maker. Things like that. And it just wasn't, like, ideal for me. They ended up being just collectibles. They ended up being three-inch collectibles that I would buy and put on my shelf. Or, 
used to be on my shelf. Now they're in a bag somewhere. Um, and I bought a lot of them. I really, I was trying to get as many as I could as they were coming out, but eventually I just stopped because I realized, like, maybe I just, I should just buy the characters I actually like. Because it's like, I wanted to get them all at one point, but then they became so ridiculously hard to get. The prices skyrocketed, and it became another bullshit, like, you know, uh, scalper market, and it it wasn't it wasn't for me and i wasn't gonna pay like a hundred dollars for a three inch figure there's just no way i think the most i ever spent on one was 35 dollars, and it was for cloud but it, i really wanted cloud and online he was going for an, uh, a crazy amount so i got cloud for 35 and even then i was kind of disappointed in myself but it is what it is uh but i got that cloud figure he's still on my shelf back there that's the only one that i keep on the shelf um, there are a couple more that I want. I do want the Solid Snake one. I think that's a cool one. Eventually, they're, they're going to bring out Sephiroth uh, from Smash Ultimate, so I want to pick him up. But other than that, I think I have most of the ones that I ever wanted. Um, but yeah, I just mentioned Sephiroth. They're still going strong with Amiibos, but it's. I think it is strictly from a collectible standpoint now. They're, they don't push Amiibos in video games. I feel like they're just fulfilling an obligation at this point. Sakurai said that he's going to make Amiibos for every character in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and that is what is happening. I think after that is done, we'll, we probably won't hear of Amiibos again, but I don't know. Will they be worth a lot of money in the future? We'll see. I think they could be, but you never know how these things go. Right now, you could get some for around $200. There are, there are some expensive-ass, rare Amiibos going around in the markets, but, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm good. I think I'm done with them. Uh, let's talk about my favorite games on the system. This is what I really want to talk about. I don't care about the negatives. I'm trying to be positive over here on the Gameflow podcast. God damn it. Let's do it. My favorite games for the Nintendo Wii U. I'm going to give some context to some of these. Nintendo Land was very interesting. (laughs) Nintendo Land to me was like the Wii Sports of Wii U. Um... It was an interesting concept where you had this, like, theme park. You controlled your Mii. And the theme rides were were um, themed after Nintendo properties. So there was like a Pikmin game. There was a Zelda game. There was an F-Zero game. Probably the last official F-Zero anything that we got <laughs> was in Nintendo Land, which is so sad. Um, but no, it was really cool. And they had a Metroid game where you and another player would like... It's like hide and seek. And then when you see each other, you start blasting each other. It's really cool. And then Mario... The Mario game too, where, where it actually is hide and seek. You would have like some time to hide and then the person that's it's trying to find you and then they have to catch you it was really good like little experiences like that on, in nintendo land again played it with a lot of friends uh girlfriend like it, we had a good time with that one that one was really good uh super mario 3d world i absolutely love that game that game is so damn good i feel like it doesn't get praised enough I was so happy when it got the Switch announcement, and even when it came out on the Switch, it still was slept on. To me, it's like people do not appreciate that game enough. I know that the four-person multiplayer could be a little crazy, especially with the camera, but man, it's like people don't understand how, I think, revolutionary that is, because we never had that before, and that was on the Wii U that that came. And I honestly think the game looked beautiful. I thought the levels were fantastic. I thought the level of difficulty progressed really well. And if you wanted to 100% the game, you had a damn challenge in your hands. Because it was like, you had to do it with every character at some point. Uh, And even like the bonus worlds, there was like three or four bonus worlds after you rolled credits. Like there was a lot in this game. I actually 100% of the game on the Switch with my wife. uh, Which was a nice little accomplishment for me. Uh, 
Couldn't imagine doing it uh, back in the Wii U days. The first time I played this game was actually with my little sister, uh, and we did beat it. We didn't get 100%, but we did beat it. And that was probably the first game that I think I played with her all the way through. Um, other than that, she would just be the, the typical little sister and read me some cheat codes on Grand Theft Auto <laughs> and uh, give me some walkthrough tips on Zelda games or something. Oh, man. Great times. Um, but yeah, no. Mario 3D World, man. It's one of the best Mario games ever made. Stop sleeping on it. Pick it up on the Nintendo Switch right now. And then uh, we got a new character introduced in that game named Captain Toad. Captain Toad was responsible for, like, one-person levels. Uh, you couldn't jump in those levels. It was all, like, very puzzly. There was, like, this 3D little, you know, diorama kind of thing. And you'd walk around it, and you could change the camera angles to see what was hidden. It was, like, little jewels and stuff. And you couldn't jump, but there was always ways to walk around everything. And it was an interesting little gimmick. And they finally, at one point, turned it into a full-fledged game, and Captain Toad Treasure Tracker was born for the Wii U. That is another one that got ported to the Switch, and I beat that one as well. Very good. Beat it twice, Wii U and Switch. And not to mention, that version of the game got Mario Odyssey exclusive levels. So again, Nintendo making it, uh, making an old game resurface on a successful system and adding to it. That is just good to see. That's good stuff right there. Um, Captain Toad is really fun. You know, that's a game. It's kind of like, I, I see it as more like a portable game. It's a Game Boy game to me. It's it's enjoyed in short bursts. I'm not, short bursts. I'm not going to sit on my chair for eight hours and play that game over and over and over again, level after level after after level until I'm beating it. No, but it's really cool to just pick up and play for a couple hours every, every once in a while. It was a really good game. After that, Yoshi's Woolly World, man. That is a good game. That's another one that's slept on. I would even say Yoshi's Woolly World is better than Yoshi's Crafted World on the Switch. I would love to get a part of Yoshi's Woolly World. I think aesthetically it's more pleasing to the eye. All the wool stuff is really nice and cuddly. Um, and I think level design was just better because a lot of the Crafted World levels were kind of confusing. I couldn't tell what was in the background, foreground sometimes. I thought a lot of it was very samey after a while with the cardboard. With the wool, like, they made it work. And they added other elements as well with, like, you know, crafting, I guess. But... Or not crafting as in like crafting items but like literally crafted world but in woolly world there was also other crafting gimmicks like there was a little bit of cardboard cardboard it wasn't all wool but crafted world it was literally like most of it was cardboard and it got kind of boring whereas the wool stuff because of all the colors and stuff and how creative they were with like when yoshi would eat an enemy like he would unravel the wool and like make a woolly egg or whatever it's like damn okay very very interesting stuff <laughs> um yeah, no, I, I wish that one would get ported to the Switch. Really good game. Um, man, Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers, this was probably the most, like, I, I think that game was probably responsible for the most eyeballs on the Wii U because even back then with this version of the game, they were doing Nintendo Directs where they would reveal a character. Man, I remember when Cloud got revealed. I wasn't really into Final Fantasy at the time yet, and... He got revealed, and everyone, like, went on an uproar. It was ridiculous. Like, holy shit, I remember those days, man. And, you know, obviously today, things like Banjo-Kazooie getting announced and Joker from Persona, like, obviously those are bigger announcements, but at the time, like, dude, you didn't see Cloud on Nintendo. It, that didn't happen. That wasn't a thing. That was the first taste of that ever happening. And it was, like, it was huge. It was a huge deal. Um, but I think the Smash for Wii U game uh, and 3DS, I miss it just for one reason and one reason only. It still had trophies. Um, I don't like the fact that Ultimate doesn't have trophies. I understand why it doesn't have trophies, but I wish it did. 
the uh, spirits are not a great substitute for me. I really enjoyed getting the trophies in the other games, and uh, the Smash uh, Smash Brothers on Wii U was the last one to do that. So I still boot it up from time to time, and I look at the trophies. I try to get more trophies. It's really fun to me. It's like a, another collecting, you know, collectible gimmick that I, I have here. So not only do I collect in real life, I collect on Smash Brothers as well. Um, the Wii U also had the last ever Donkey Kong game that has been made up to this point, which was uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, which was a sequel to Donkey Kong Returns on the Wii. Uh, the Wii game, I would stay up with some buddies, like, they'd get to, we'd get together, and man, we would try to beat that damn game. It was pretty tough, and we had great times, a lot of drunken evenings <laughs> trying to play Donkey Kong Country Returns, and... When Tropical Freeze came out, we did the same thing, and that game was even harder than Returns. I don't think we even ended up beating it. I didn't beat Tropical Freeze until it came out on the Switch, and I beat it with my wife, I believe. Yeah, I think I did that with my wife. I didn't do it alone. Hell no. I needed help on that one. Um, but man, beautiful game. Like, very tight platforming. Great mechanics with holding onto the vines and, like, the way physics work in that game. I love the partners, you know, Cranky, Dixie, Diddy. Like, they're all great in their own ways. Um, I think it's a fantastic game. I would love a third one. I would love another Donkey Kong Returns game because Tropical Freeze was fantastic. It really was. Um, I would not be mad if they announced a third game. Like, I would love a, a 3D game, of course, but... If I got a follow-up to Tropical Freeze, I would be just as happy. Because I know those games deliver. I know those games are quality. It was fantastic. Um, then we have a game that I think... Man, I think flipped everyone on their heads when, when it came out. Which was Super Mario Maker, man. Mario Maker was like... A, a dream. It was a, it was a Nintendo fan's dream. It's like Nintendo said, Okay, we're not going to make any more. We're going to give you all the tools to make a Mario game go ahead go nuts here it is the wii u gamepad with super mario maker was perfect that is the best control situation like a game to controller situation i think i've ever seen you could use that wii u gamepad with the stylus to make levels and like draw bricks and place things wherever you want them like it was really really good and then you could like share the levels and you could play other people's levels and you could do all kinds of things and then they had the skins you could play levels as link and samus and amiibos came into play and every amiibo you had you could scan and unlock a new character like dude it was really cool mario maker 1 i would argue has more of an impact on the culture than mario maker 2 because mario maker 2 yes it has more features yes there were more tools like simple things like slopes couldn't be done in the original but I believe that Mario Maker 1, in terms of impact, man, that game was a banger. It really was. I remember picking up the, uh, the Deluxe Edition. Um, not, not, a, not the Deluxe Edition, but it came with, like, this cool little booklet that, like, gave you ideas on what to build, and it came in this nice cardboard box. Like, man, Nintendo was so cool. Like, when it, like they're, they're still cool. When it comes to their, like, when they put extra care into things like that like giving you a nice instruction booklet to give you ideas for levels like that is just awesome man that's the nintendo i like that's the nintendo i like to see and then uh my last three favorite games on the system uh i mean there's tons but these are the ones i'd rather talk about the two zelda games on the system wind waker and twilight princess uh hd those are my favorite and i think the best versions of those two games obviously wind waker came out on the gamecube a lot of controversy when it came out with its uh, art style the cel-shaded graphics were not 
uh, you know, <laughs> were not too popular with the crowd at the time. But look, it ended up aging the best. That game still looks phenomenal to this day, and that Wii U uh, HD remaster proves it. It it looks great. It still looks fantastic. And then Twilight Princess, which I think is a criminally underrated game. Um, that HD part of it was fantastic as well. Okay, I played Twilight Princess on the Wii, um, and that game was mirrored from the GameCube release uh, because of the Wii control scheme with the Wii, re- Wii remote on the right hand and the nunchuck, nunchuck on the left. Link, being usually a left-handed character with his sword, was now a right-handed character because of the Wii remote being a right-handed controller, and the whole game was mirrored to to fit that right-handed thing. And it's like, that's a crazy reason to switch it, but okay, that's fine. If, the, if it just made it easy like that, then uh, if it was easier than literally just programming it to be on the other hand, then it is what it is. But yeah, this game was a dual release on the GameCube and the Wii. And I never played the GameCube version, to be honest. Uh, I own it, but I never popped it in because I've never wanted to revisit that game. But when I got the Wii U version... Um, damn right i popped that in and i i went through it again and man the 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 hd remaster really cleans it up man it really looks nice um and man i would love more than anything like if we're ever going to get more wii u ports these two games man if we if we got those games on the switch i would be a very happy motherfucker (laughs) i would play the shit out of these again um playing those on the go is pretty uh it's pretty surreal to me just because i'm so used to playing those on a big crt tv and uh you know then an hd tv with the wii um or the wii u sorry and i would just love a port because i would revisit these games again honestly i think twilight princess is pretty slept on and wind waker is just a really good time anytime you play it so uh yeah no kudos to uh, kudos to that i hope that happens and uh breath of the wild let's close with breath of the wild breath of the wild was the last game i bought for that damn system all right um i remember when the switch came out march 3rd 2017 my mother's birthday uh i couldn't find the switch for a month and a half i believe i just could not get one i would call around you know the deal like now with the chip shortage like again the same thing that's happening with the ps5 and the xbox series x same thing was happening with the switch when it came out uh but it wasn't a chip shortage it was literally just nintendo could not supply the demand um but it was really hard for me to get one and breath of the wild came out on the same day the switch came out and i really wanted to play it man i I couldn't wait so i bought it on the wii u and i played it and i got pretty far into it but when i finally got a switch i said okay i'm gonna buy it on the switch now and sell my wii u version because like i don't mind starting over just because i want to experience zelda on the new system the nice flashy new toy and uh experience it handheld because that was gonna blow my mind and i did and look breath of the wild i think when you compare it like graphically i think it looks pretty similar on both like systems i don't think it's a crazy amount of difference when it comes to graphics or anything like that or processing or anything but it does to me it belongs on the switch it just feels good on the switch but i did play it on the wii u first and it was a nice little departure from the system if that was going to be my going my my going home party with the wii u uh, i'm glad breath of the wild was the game i chose to uh to do that with Man, in terms of its legacy, like, to me, the Wii U is, it should be known for a couple things. It is the birth of Splatoon. Splatoon was born on the Wii U, okay? That is 
Now, Splatoon 3 just came out a couple weeks ago. That is a banger. It sold like 4 million copies in Japan in the first week alone, just in Japan. And, uh, you know, that is the third installment in the series, but it was born on the Wii U. Splatoon came from the Wii U, which is crazy to think about how Nintendo decided to pull the trigger on a new IP on a system that was not successful. That's crazy. It's ballsy, but that's what Nintendo does. Um, you know, we also got Mario Kart 8. The first inception of Mario Kart 8 was on Wii U. It was the best-selling game on Wii U, like I said before, but now it's gone on to be the best-selling game on the Nintendo Switch, which is a juggernaut of a system, and the fact that that is the best-selling game on it speaks volumes to the quality of Mario Kart 8, honestly. Um, another thing I'd like to say, it had a very interesting Kirby game, uh, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Uh, again, you use the gamepad to draw paths for Kirby to travel on and I thought it was a really interesting idea and I just want to say also I'm not a Xenoblade Chronicles guy but I did play Xenoblade Chronicles X and I gotta say aesthetically and even like the way it's presented I think that is the best game in the series come at me Xenoblade people I <laughs> I played Xenoblade 2 and I didn't like it so that's why I'm saying Xenoblade X is the best uh, I just like the whole mech system and stuff. I thought it was really cool. Um, if that game ever comes to the Switch, I might actually pick that up um, because I thought it was pretty cool, just you know, from an outside perspective. Um, you know, the, the Wii U, man, it also had a really killer virtual console. Let's not forget about the virtual console, please. Uh, we had NES, SNES, uh, N64, GBA, Nintendo DS, and Wii games available on the Virtual Console. Those are a lot of libraries. Those were deep libraries. There was a lot of games for each system, I'd say, except for maybe the Wii. But that wasn't really a big deal, because if you had Wii games from the previous gen, then they worked on the Wii U. Um, you know, I bought a lot of those. I bought. I was experiencing a lot of those games for the first time. Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga, I never had the cartridge. I played that on the Wii U. And that was a fantastic game, man. I love that game. A lot of Final Fantasies I also experienced on the Wii U through the GBA service. Um, what else? The N64, like, I replayed some of the classics on that. NES, SNES. I used that as literally a retro machine at one point before I actually started to, to have the physical cartridges. But a lot of that was on the Wii U first. Like, Earthbound. I remember buying Earthbound on the Wii U. Never got to play it, but I bought it because I knew how much of a big deal that was, and the Wii U provided that service for me. Like, I'm just going to say it now. The Wii U Virtual Console. I will take that any day over what the Nintendo Switch is currently offering with that, you know, essentially rent this game while you have the subscription, and we're going to drip feed NES games. once uh, One game a month, essentially. And not even one game whenever they feel like it now. And it's going to be some obscure-ass title I never heard about, and it might be bad. Like, this virtual console, although it wasn't as good as the Wii's, it was still a damn banger of a virtual console. And I wish, I wish it came back. Because I would really take advantage of it this time. And uh, buy the shit out of games. And I have been buying the shit out of games leading up to... Uh, this month when the uh, or last month when the service shut down I was trying to get some last minute things that I never uh, that I was never able to get um, and I'm excited to try some of the things I bought and um, yeah the, the Wii U man the virtual console was strong really strong um, and I just want to say also I mentioned it before but it is backwards compatible with all Wii games and Wii accessories so if you still want to pop in Wii Sports and use like a fake tennis racket you could do that the Wii lets you, or the Wii U lets you do that, and it's beautiful for that. <laughs> um, I think, I think I've covered all my bases. If I'm going to talk about any games that I still want to play on the Wii U, uh, besides Virtual Console stuff, 
I do want to play the Paper Mario game on it. I never got to. Um, I got a really bad taste in my mouth after, uh, what was it, Sticker Star on the 3DS. I thought that game was balls. A lot of other people, <laughs> other people thought it was balls. Um, but I heard the, the, the writing in Color Splash is worth it. I heard it's worth going through the, the card system or whatever they have, which I'm not, naturally not a fan of card systems, but I might check it out. Um, and another one was Sonic Lost World. Sonic Lost World was essentially Sonic's take on uh, Mario Galaxy, and I've always thought it looked interesting. I know it's not the best game, I've heard, I've watched some reviews, but I would just like to try it just for curiosity's sake. I want to see what a, a game like that plays like. And I think that's it, man. Like, if I missed anything, I'm sorry. We've been talking for about 40 minutes now. Um, but no, I just, I think the Wii U is slept on. I think the Wii U needs more recognition. I think it needs to be praised a little more. We need to give the Wii U its flowers, goddammit. Uh, I think it was a phenomenal system, honestly. Looking back at it, I don't think it's as bad as people say it was. Um, I know it was financially a flop, but take that away, I think it's still a pretty stellar system with a good virtual console and good little library of games. I know, again, not the biggest library, not a lot of third party, but I think when it comes to first party stuff, it was it was pretty good, honestly. So, cheers to the Wii U. May you live on forever in our hearts. And uh, goodbye. Everybody follow our Instagram at Podcast Fresh. Follow our Twitter at Podcast Fresh TO. Uh, email us at podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. And if you want to follow my personal account, you can at official underscore acapello and follow my co-host's account at Torres Unlimited. Um, and yeah, guys, we'll be back with another uh, Gameflow podcast shortly. Uh, you know, we got the Fresh Prince of Bel Air show still running, uh, so check that out. We got cafes dropping every week where me and Chris talk about video games and movies and whatever else is going on in pop culture. Pop culture, sorry, I think I said pulp culture, like orange juice. Gross. And uh, Chris also has the last wrestling podcast, so for any wrestling fans, that is the one you want to check out. It is a phenomenal podcast. Chris does a really good job breaking down everything that happens uh, with WWE and AEW specifically, and I encourage you wrestling fans to check it out, even if you're not a wrestling fan. Please support us. (laughs) All right, guys. This has been Ryan Mello. I'm signing out. Everyone have a good night. Goodbye. Podcast Fresh.